Thanks for listening to the podcast of World Video Bible School. Have you lost hope? We have a tremendous need for hope in our lives. Hope gives us a reason to fight when calamity comes and a reason to keep going through times of crisis. Follow along with Jeff Jenkins as he demonstrates what the Bible says about the meaningful and powerful hope that only God can provide. When my family and I moved to uh, the Metroplex about 17 years ago, I remember thinking in my mind, one of the blessings of doing this as a preacher is, I'm going to get to spend some time with some older, uh, veteran, seasoned preachers. And that has been, over the past 17 years, a tremendous blessing. And sometimes we, we would get together for breakfast uh, and spend a couple of hours talking, and we would do that on a number of occasions. Brother George Bailey used to get involved with that, and, and one of the men was Brother Hardiman Nichols. And I recall one morning, uh, we were sitting around breakfast, and we were talking about brother, to Brother Hardiman Nichols, and, and some of you recognize that name who are watching this. Some of you won't, but he, was a, he was, had been preaching in Dallas for about 50 years, and his father preached in Alabama for 50 years and was a well-known preacher in Alabama. Somebody said, tell us some stories about your dad. And so he was telling us one particular story. About one night, he said his dad was in bed, and the phone rang, and he, he picked up the phone, and a man on the other end said to him, Brother Nichols, I'm in a hotel and I'm about to take my life. I don't have any reason to live. And Brother Nichols said, don't, you can't do that. You don't, you can't. He said, I, I don't even have money to get home. I don't have anything. I can't protect my family. And Brother Nichols said, you stay right there. So he got out of bed. He put his clothes on. He went to the hotel. He talked to the man. He said, what you need to do is you need to go home and be with your family. You need to spend some time uh, praying and, and, and talking to your family and people that you love. And he said, I don't even have the money to get home. And Brother Nichols uh, remembered that he had $12 in his shirt pocket, uh, $12 that he, he had been saving to buy his car tag. Now, this tells you how long ago this was. But he, he gave the man the $12, believing that somehow that God would take care of him. And the man, he said, take this and go home and um, uh, spend time with your wife and your family. And somebody said, why would he do that? And Brother Nichols made this statement because a man who has no hope has no real reason to live. If you don't have hope, you don't have a reason to exist. You don't have a reason to live. Now, the end of that story is that Brother Nichols went to preach the next Sunday, and he didn't know if he was going to get paid or not. A guy pulled him aside. He said, uh, I don't have... Uh, he said, we can't pay you. He said, I was hoping for $12 to buy a car tag. And the man happened to be uh, the guy in the county who was in charge of car tags. He said, I'm going to give you your car tag. Isn't it amazing how God does things like that? And, and so this wasn't just a story in trusting God, but it is a story that reminds us of the great human need for hope. All of us who are alive, if you've lived very long at all, if you've been around very much life, you know that we have a tremendous need for hope in our life. We want hope to go on. Hope gives us a reason to exist. Hope gives us a reason to fight through when calamity comes. It gives us a reason to keep going when, when crisis surrounds us. And the Bible, thankfully, the Bible has much to say about hope. For instance, in Romans chapter 8, Paul writes these words to the Roman Christians. For in hope, he says, I'm reading from Romans 8, verse 24. For in hope, we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. 
For who hopes what he has already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. So what Paul is saying there is that you don't hope for something you already see. In, in our world, in, in our culture, we use hope in a completely different way than the Bible uses the word hope. We use hope when there's something that we want to happen that we don't really believe may happen, but we really want it to happen. Like I live in the Dallas area and a lot of us are hoping that if there's going to be football season this year that the Cowboys will make it to the playoffs. We don't really believe that's going to happen because we've come accustomed to that, but we hope it will. A child might say, I hope I get a, a, a new uh, bike for Christmas. I hope I get a new doll for Christmas. You might say, I hope I get a raise this year, or I hope I get a bonus. You may not really believe that it's going to happen, but the Bible doesn't use hope in that way. The Bible uses hope with more of a tone of assurance. This is going to happen. This can happen. And so Paul, when Paul says, in hope we have been saved, he says, we know that we have been saved, and that hope is true because of our salvation. The Bible also tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, that we should rejoice in hope. We read also that it is, there's perseverance and the encouragement of scriptures. Through that encouragement of scriptures, we gain hope. In Ephesians 4, verse 4, Paul tells us that there is one hope for those who are Christians. And in Hebrews 6, 19, the writer tells us that this hope is secure, that it is sure, that it is steadfast. The kind of hope that the Bible talks about is, is something that, that has a meaning behind it. It has purpose behind it. So in a time, in an age, in a day, when many people are concerned about the future, when a lot of people don't know what's going to happen to their jobs, their finances, their family, their, their physical health, their future, they have apprehension, they have anxiety, they have questions. What do we need? What we need is hope. Well, where do we place our hope, and what does that hope mean? There are some biblical examples that help us understand where that hope comes from and where, where we are to place that hope. First of all, I want you to notice that our hope is in the gospel message. Every day, you may turn your television set on, or if you're like me, you may not want to turn it on for a while. You get so tired, sick and tired of all of the bad news and hearing about all of the, the things that are going on in our world that are not good, good. And you want some good news. And so we get tired of the bad news. We want to hear some good news. We don't want to listen to, to bad news. We don't want to listen to fake news. We want to listen to good news. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to those who believe. Now, when Paul used that word gospel, he used a Greek word that literally means good news. It means glad tidings. You see, our hope is in the gospel message. It is in good news. Our hope isn't in bad news. It's not in old news. It's in good news. And it's in salvation where that hope is made available. There's good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ came to save the whole world. Luke 19 verse 10 says, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. 
Titus 2 verse 11 tells us that the grace of God, listen to this, that brings salvation has appeared to all mankind. You see, God gives his grace to everybody. God wants everybody to be saved. The book of Titus speaks of God in each chapter, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and the term that it uses to describe God is God our Savior. God our Savior. Micah says, the, the prophet Micah, that God is a God who abundantly pardons. God wants everybody to be saved. Peter wrote these words, The Lord is not slow concerning his promises, as men count slowness, but he's long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Our God wants everybody to be saved. And our hope is not in ourselves. It's not in our ingenuity. Our hope is not in our government. It's not in our education. Our hope is not in our planning. Our hope is in the good news that God brings salvation. No wonder Paul writes in Colossians 1 verse 27, and he speaks of this gospel as the hope of glory. It is the hope that gives us meaning. No wonder we are called, according to Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, to a living hope. That means this hope continues to exist regardless of what is going on around us. We have to be willing to, to learn to receive this hope ourselves and then to help others get the news about this hope. So that's what calls Paul to say in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of this gospel, this good news. I want everybody to know about it. And so our hope is in the good news. In 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19, Paul talked about we should share this hope, which is our hope, in the presence of the Lord Jesus at his coming. Someday Jesus is going to come again, and he will receive those to be with him forever who have given their lives to him, who have embraced the good news and been obedient to the good news and who have shared the good news with others. The good news is, here's the good news. No, here's the best news. The best news is that there is hope regardless of what is going on in your life as long as you are committed to Christ. So number one, our hope is in the gospel. Secondly, I want to suggest to you that our hope is in the coming of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was about to be crucified and, and before his crucifixion and before he ascended to go to heaven, he told his apostles in John chapter 14, as they were concerned and they were afraid and they, they had anxiety about the future just like many of us do today, Jesus said, let your heart be not troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Then he said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. If, if that were not so, I would have told you. And then Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, you might be also. These men were on edge. They were anxious. They were concerned. They were afraid. And Jesus wanted to offer them a word of hope. And here's what he said to them. Don't be afraid. I'm going to go away for a while. I'll send a comforter who will be with you, but I'm going to come back and get you. In Acts chapter 1, when Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, the Bible tells us that while he was there, uh, we, we know that he was, uh, he was up on the Mount of Olives. 
And when Jesus ascended to heaven, the Bible says that, that there appeared these men in white and, and the, some of the apostles were there. And the men in white said, as the apostles were gazing up into heaven, they said, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? Because this same Jesus who you have seen taken up into heaven will come again. Now look, here, here's the promise for us. Jesus went up into heavens, but he's going to come again. He's going to come back through the clouds. He, we're going to meet him in the air, 1 Thessalonians 4 says, and we'll always be with him in the air. Hebrews chapter 4 speaks of Jesus as being our high priest. And the text says that our high priest passed through the heavens. In biblical language, the high priest in the Old Testament economy would walk through the temple and he would go back to what is called the most holy place or the holy of holies. He would pass through the curtain or through the veil but Jesus is our high priest, and he did not pass through the curtain or through the veil, but he passed through the heavens, and he went to be with God. And he sits at the right hand of the throne of God, and someday Jesus will come again in the clouds, and he'll bring all of the angels with him, and he'll bring all of those who have gone on before us with him. And it is at that coming. It is that coming that brings hope to our life. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says in verses 20 and 21 that we eagerly await the coming of the Savior. How do you feel about that? Are you hoping that Jesus doesn't come back anytime soon? Because you're not ready? Because you still got some things in your life you need to straighten out? Because, because you got some things mixed up and you want to you make them right? If that's so, don't delay anymore. Don't wait Go ahead and fix those things. Get that right with God so that you can say with Paul, we eagerly await the coming of the Savior. Some of us have loved ones that have gone on before us. Um, I lost my wife about eight months ago, and it's been a very difficult time in my life. Um, it's caused me to have a greater appreciation for heaven, a greater longing to go to heaven. I'm ready to go now. I'm eagerly awaiting the coming of my Savior so that I can go and be with Him and be with my God and be with those who have gone on before us. And so our hope, that hope that we have is possible because of the coming of Jesus Christ. We hope in the gospel, number one. We hope, number two, in the coming of Jesus Christ. And number three, we hope in our eternal life. Now remember, this kind of hope is not a kind of hope that says, I hope I get to go to heaven. Not that I don't feel like I'm going to, but I hope I get to, like I, I hope the Cowboys make it to the playoffs, or I hope I get this, um, this uh, gift that I want for Christmas, or I hope I get a raise, or I hope I get a bonus. We're not using the, that kind of hope that way. Our hope in, in eternal life is sure. The writer of Hebrews says it is sure and it is secure. Peter said this hope is reserved in heaven for you. Jesus took that hope with him that is reserved for us in heaven so that we can go and be with him forever and ever. That hope in eternal life, that someday we will be able to spend eternity with him. John wrote to the early church in 1 John chapter 5, and he said to them, These things I write unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God, now watch what the text says, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you, this life is in His Son. If you have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to Him, 
If you have, have turned over everything in your life to him, John says, because you've been obedient to him, because you are a Christian, you can know that you have eternal life. Look, John doesn't say these things I write unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God so that you can hope you have eternal life. No, not hope, so that you can know you have eternal life. And so this sure, this secure hope that we have in Jesus Christ is made possible because of our eternal salvation. In Titus 1, Paul wrote to this young man, Titus, and he says, this is the hope of eternal life. You ready? Listen to this. This is the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago. Our God never lies. He doesn't play tricks on us. He doesn't play pranks on us. When God says something, he means it. And long ago, God promised that through Jesus Christ would come eternal life. He made that promise initially to, to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He made that promise to, to Noah, and he made that promise to Moses, and he made that promise to all the prophets, and he made that promise to the early church, and he makes that promise to us. Our God, who cannot lie, there are people who will deceive you, who will be dishonest, but God will never deceive you. God will never be dishonest. God cannot lie. And long, long ago, God promised hope. Now, Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says in verses 10 and following that this gospel that we talk about, this was in the mind of God long before the world was ever created. So before God ever made man, before God ever made the world, God determined in his heart and in his mind that he was going to save man. It was a part of the eternal plan of God, is the way Paul writes it in Ephesians 3, 10, and 11. The fact that mankind can be saved, not just one nation, but that all men would be saved. God can save everybody. That is a part of the gospel message that God promised a long time ago. And Paul writes to Titus, and he said that our hope of eternal life is fixed on this, that our God who cannot lie. Those who have been justified, he would write in Titus 3 verse 7, have been made heirs because of this the assurance of hope. And this hope, according to Colossians 1 verse 5, is reserved in heaven for you. So in an age, in a time, when we're struggling with, with uncertainty, when we're struggling with decisions, when we're struggling with not knowing what to do next, when we have crises in our lives, whether you talk about a virus or whether you talk about personal crises or family crises or spiritual crises, what do we need most? I would suggest to you, friends, that we need a lot of hope. You see, a person who has hope can go a long way in life. A person who has hope can keep on going. A person who has hope has a reason to exist. Just like that man I told you about in the beginning of this uh, time together earlier, he, he didn't have a reason to live because he didn't have any hope. But when a person has hope, they don't just have a reason to live, but they have a reason to share the gospel message with others. They have a reason to tell people about Jesus. They have a reason to have joy and contentment in their life. Paul would say, I've learned wherever I am, whatever is going on around me, to be content. As we sometimes say, this contentment, this, this hope that we have is not based on the things that are going on around us. 
but it is based on what is inside us. And if Jesus Christ is living in us, if we have been obedient to him, well, let me just ask you today, have you given your life to Jesus? Have you turned over everything to him? If you've given your life to him, if you have been obedient to him, if you are a child of God by virtue of the new birth, by being baptized into Christ, if you've given him your life, you have great reason to hope. You have great comfort in your heart because you know that hope is real. And so this hope that we're talking about is a hope that is based on the good news, the gospel message that Jesus came to save men. Going back to that passage in Romans chapter 1, when Paul said in verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to all who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. He said in verse 15, just prior to that, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome. That phrase, I'm ready to preach the gospel, seven English words translated by two Greek words. Uh, the words really mean uh, in its essence, I'm on fire. Uh, I have a burning heart to tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. Why, Paul? Because I want them to have the hope that I have come to understand. I want them to have that hope. I want it to fill their hearts and their lives. Paul would say that this hope, this gospel, this faith uh, leads us from righteousness to righteousness. And then he goes on to say, for by it the righteous shall live by faith. Paul took a passage, a quote from, from uh, the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. Habakkuk wrote to people who were going through great difficulty in their lives. They were going through great crises in their lives. Habakkuk even wrote in chapter 1, as he poured out his heart to God, God, there's confusion in our world. There is inconsistency in our world. There's injustice in our world. People are becoming a law to themselves. They're not obeying the law. They're, they're being unkind to others. There's so much going on in our world. And, and Habakkuk said in chapter 1 to God, God, what are you doing? Are, is, there, is there something you can do? Are you doing anything to fix this mess? Maybe you've wondered that in your heart. Maybe in our weaker moments, we all, we've all wondered that. We've wondered, God, why aren't you answering our prayers? God, do you hear us? God, are you awake? God, do you know what's going on in our world? God, why don't you do something to fix this mess? And God's response to Habakkuk at the, in the middle of chapter 1, God said to Habakkuk, if I tried to explain to you everything that I'm doing, there would be no way for you to understand it. But just know that I'm active Know that God is alive. Know that God is involved. Know that God will do his work in his time, not on our schedule, not on our calendar, but in his time. And then God said to Habakkuk in chapter 2, verse 4, Habakkuk, you don't worry about what I'm doing. You worry about yourself. And what he said was, you proclaim this message to the world. You write clearly the words that I've given to you, and you, the just, shall live by faith. You live your life by faith. My friends, we may wonder sometimes, what is going on? Does God know? Is God concerned? Does God care? Why isn't he answering our prayers the way that we want them answered? And I believe that God would say to all of us, I'm going to work in my time, on my timetable. I'm going to do what is right and what is just and what is fair. You just keep sharing this message of hope with others and you live your life by faith. So are you living your life by faith today? 
Have you been obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel that brings hope? Because it tells, it reminds us of the coming of Christ that brings hope and because it gives us the eternal life that brings hope. My prayer for you today is that this hope is yours, that it is fixed in your heart, that it is in your mind, that it is in your spirit, that this hope causes you to live every day for God, to know that you can get through whatever you're dealing with in life because of the beautiful, marvelous, wonderful hope that Jesus Christ provides. That hope comes through the gospel. It comes because Jesus is going to come again, and it comes because we have been saved. John said, I write these things to you who believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know? Do you have this hope? Does this hope sustain you during dark and difficult days? My prayer is that you'll make sure that this hope is filling your heart that it is in you, that you are living your life every day by this hope, and that you'll be willing to share this hope with everyone that you possibly can. May God bless you richly, and may he give you not only peace that passes all understanding, but may he fill your heart and your mind and your soul with his great hope.